Hi, Eagles everywhere. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro here. The 2018 season over, but here on the Eagles Live podcast, we will continue to talk Eagles throughout the offseason, leading into free agency in March, and then, of course, the NFL draft in late April. The Eagles, the week after the season ended, cleaned out their lockers, and then Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman met the media and really did not say a lot. Talked about keeping everybody. Talked about Nick Foles, no decisions made, a good young draft class, a core to the roster, the idea that the Eagles will continue to keep their foot on the gas pedal and be aggressive in this offseason. That is all very exciting news, very promising news. But in the meantime, we have to exercise quite a bit of patience between now and when some action really gets underway in March. So to that end, we'll begin this off-season Eagles Live podcast with some one-on-one time with Merrill Reese, the voice of the Eagles. He and I will talk about this 2018 season and then looking forward, what are the needs that we see for the Eagles to get back to the top of the NFC East, the NFC, and then get back to the Super Bowl. Before that, some conversations with Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. First, the head coach, who I had some time with in the studio at the Novacare Complex. We talked a lot about what the Eagles need to do moving forward, but also about the culture of winning. You'll remember that after the Eagles captured Super Bowl 52, Peterson spoke of the new normal. Well, does the new normal still apply to this Philadelphia Eagles team? Peterson thinks yes, and he thinks that some of the lessons learned from 2018, when the Eagles turned a 4-6 and midseason record into a sterling playoff run, will carry over to 2019. There's a lot, actually, and to name a few, I think the fact that we were two games away from the Super Bowl again this year will carry over. That'll resonate with the players. I think, too, when they reflect back, and part of my messaging to the team on Monday is to reflect back on 2018 and say, okay, you can actually point at a couple games this season where if we'd have just taken care of our business, finished the game a little bit better, maybe we have that third seed or maybe even the second seed or whatever it might be where we're playing a home game, a home playoff game at the link in front of our fans instead of being on the road for you know three or four game. So, you know, there's a lot of things we can look at and obviously the injuries and all that, but still, we had a chance at the end and, you know, I'm disappointed. Obviously, we didn't continue our season and, you know, the journey on to the Super Bowl, but I'm also very proud of the football team and the way they fought. And, you know, we were four and six at one point and everybody kind of counted us out and yet we stayed in every football game and gave ourselves a chance, you know, uh, six out of seven down the stretch and a chance to play in the postseason and get a postseason win in Chicago. And then, of course, you know, came up short in New Orleans. So, very proud of the guys. The new normal that you spoke about last February, do you feel like it has permeated the locker room, the entire building, the entire organization? I do. I do. Listening to the players talk, you know, Monday again with uh, these exit interviews and talking to a lot of players, that's what they're talking about. They're eager even for this next season to come around. So, they can continue to play and play ball into January and they understand that mentality and what it takes and you know for us as coaches or I feel like you know my philosophy it starts in April it starts when OTAs and having everybody here that's when you really build that championship team is in the offseason you know how he talks about that 15 to 20 percent changeover in your roster you know every season but you know you want guys that are guys that are going to fit into your culture quite frankly I want football players I want guys who love football and, and they got to be smart and intelligent you know and all that but you know listen you just want football players guys that love and have a passion for the game and you know I could sit here and go through every position and give you criteria height weight speed and all that but at the end of the day it's hard to coach heart and if somebody has that 
and they have the will and the desire to be coached and to be coached right, to be coached hard, and then fit in with your culture. Those are the guys we want. Doug, what did you learn about winning the Super Bowl and then coming back the next year? I know it's a truncated offseason. You really made it a priority to rest players as much as you could. Did you learn a lot about it? Like, what would yeah. you do next time? Because obviously we are expecting more Super Bowls in the future. Well, and that's the thing. I think as coaching staff, how we handle the offseason from a preparation standpoint, I would do some things differently. You know, normally we spend about a month looking at our scheme, going back through the season and just sort of digesting it and coming up with new ideas and how can we better the offense, defense, and special teams. When you play into February, you lost that month of January of that. So I would do things differently from a scheme standpoint. And then really, there's no easy way around, you know, the players. If you can rest some guys, during maybe the spring you rest them and give them you know some more time there but I think once you get into training camp man you got to continue to put your foot on the gas guys are feeling fresh don't cut back don't do anything that would maybe hamper your success during the season last one Doug free agency starts in March fans don't really know what you do now between this period of time and then could you help us out yeah I mean you know it starts with evaluating our current roster we got to go back through and evaluate those guys so the position coaches are you know have been knocking that out and and then secondly as the head coach I look at the staff I start with the coordinators and have conversations with them and just evaluate, you know, and see where we can improve or help a coach or maybe you got a young coach that you might consider, you know, a promotion here or there if you got an opening. So those are all the things that I go through as a head football coach. And then we continue to evaluate, you know, the senior bowl, you evaluate those players and then you start into, you know, the combine players. And then, of course, free agency in March, you're looking at the NFL guys for free agency. And, you know, at the same time, you're trying to get yourself ready for OTAs and having your team back in April. I feel like we're a lot busier in the spring than we are even during the season because in the season we're just focused on our next opponent we're here we got a lot of irons in the fire is this what you consider and i'm not going to hold you to it don't hold them to it is this a reload or rebuild combination of how do you kind of look at the roster going forward i think we just reload i think we gear up and go again i really feel comfortable with our roster and where we're at and the guys that are coming back and the guys that are injured and coming back and definitely have to be smart with the injured players and not push them but at the same time i feel like we just reload and we're getting to that point now for me going into year four where you get your roster kind of where you want it and how it's going to take shape each year and, and that's a credit obviously to howie and joe and the scouts that are out on the road you know looking for players to bring in here and, and then it's our job obviously coaches to coach them up so you know i'm excited we just add some more pieces and we gear up for another one 2019 just can't get here quickly enough coach thanks so much great run thank you Dave. and uh, have a nice off season here as for roseman important to get an idea of where the eagles are financially where they are from a draft pick standpoint and while it is a fluid situation as far as the salary cap goes and while the eagles still wait for word on their compensatory picks from the nfl roseman optimistic about the eagles moving forward and he says that yes the eagles will be very very smart about their decisions in this offseason with the idea not of rebuilding but of regrouping you want to have the right kind of balance of having some youth because you do have a salary cap and you have to deal with that and also having veteran leadership so guys are learning the right way and you see that in a lot of our rooms you see that you, know, you look at our db room and how those young players are able to play early and that's a testament to the veteran leadership and the coaching we have on the defensive side of the ball but you know we're in a moment here there is only reloading there is only retooling we are not in a let's get younger let's rebuild i mean we want to win every year and i see that that being our philosophy for the foreseeable future. So every year we're gonna say, what are the steps we need to be the best we possibly can be for this year? Now, 
we're also gonna make sure that we're not sacrificing everything for one year and we're building also as we go, but we feel like we can balance that and give ourselves a great shot to win a championship next year and also not put us in a situation where we're sacrificing so much of the future that we can't do that in 2020, 2021. We are humans, we are Eagles fans, we love this thing. A lot of your job is emotionless. How do you balance the emotion of losing on Sunday and then kind of getting into this process? It's emotional, and there's no doubt about it. You know, it's such a quick turn from, you know, driving down the field with an opportunity to go to the championship game to all of a sudden like that, the season's over. And then you gotta come in and talk to your players and talk to them about what just happened. And a lot of them are free agents. And you're just kind of trying to take stock of like, you know, we just went through this whole process, which really starts with our off season program. But because our season went so long last year, it almost felt like seamlessly went from the Super Bowl into the 2018, 2019 season and so we really haven't had an opportunity to stop which is a beautiful thing by yeah. the way and so you don't really get perspective but I got a chance to kind of reflect a little bit Monday night and I was proud I was proud to be part of this organization you know to wear this yeah, logo yeah. and I think about Jeffrey Lurie our owner and really what he's done and the patience he's had with all of us and the fact that we've won 26 games over the last two years been in five playoff games won four held the trophy up high win the NFC and the Super Bowl and, and that doesn't take away the fact that we wanted to repeat we sure. put all all our energy into repeat and we wanted to do that but we have a lot of good here i've used this term before and i think it's gonna be my new term our foot is gonna be firmly on the gas pedal this off season because we like the feeling of the confetti falling on our head so what lessons did you learn from winning the Super Bowl and then getting back into the game? Well, one, you can't just pick up where you left off. You have to kind of do challenging things. You have to challenge a little bit the roster from our position, you know, certainly not on the coaching staff, but conjunction working with coach. You hear some of the things too that he's learned through the season. It was a learning experience for us about how to put the foot on the gas, what to keep, what not to keep. But the most important thing, and we saw this this year, is you need the right kind of chemistry, you need the right kind of culture, and when you're four and six, when you're six and seven, those things come out. And I'm proud of the people we have in this building on and off the field. How do you separate the emotion and the relationship that you've created with some very popular players who may not be back here next year? I'm not gonna name them, but it is very difficult, is it not, to kind of separate yourself from that personal feeling that you have from those guys? I don't know that we're ever going to be an organization that totally separates ourselves from players that are very important to this organization and this football team. I don't know that we want to be that way. That doesn't mean we're going to make terrible decisions because of that, but some of these guys are important and some of these guys are guys that we'd like to see retire as Eagles. Mm -hmm. Some of the guys on this team, I was talking about one of our players yesterday, some of these guys that are on our team are going to be all-time Eagles. I mean, we have a lot of really good players and so we have to balance that. I mean, that doesn't mean that we just do whatever it takes to do whatever it takes but I think it's okay to be loyal and be an organization that is loyal. All right, Senior Bowl next week. As a personnel department, how far into this process are you? What do you do between now and the middle of March when free agency starts? Well, this process really starts um, in May for the personnel staff, and they've been grinding. They've been on the road since really August. And so I think we have a firm grip of kind of what is available in the draft, where we are in a lot of guys, what we want to see from guys in the offseason trying to marry what we see on tape to the testing, to the performance in all-star games. And then it's our job to kind of catch the coaching staff up and use it like a funnel and to kind of just funnel that information down so they're not looking at, you know, not knowing a little about a lot, but knowing a lot about a little. Guys fit the system, fit what we're trying to build here, and then really know a lot about those guys so that when we pull those names off the board in late April, we're feeling really good about our process. And then lastly, Howie, everybody kind of feels like they know what's going to happen out there, the media, fans. Truthfully, decisions are not 
made yet, right? Like you're still in the conversation, seeing all angles, keeping all options open phase. We don't have all the information. If it's a free agent, we don't really know what that free agent market's gonna be like right now. We don't know who potentially is gonna come available that we may not have anticipated becoming available. We just don't have all the information now. So to sit here and say, you know, this is exactly what we're gonna do as we sit here today, I think that limits your ability to be flexible and we have to be flexible because we're gonna look at every single option to improve this football team. Howie, thank you so much. I'm head coach Doug Peterson. You want Philly food? Yeah, let's do it. Philly special. And you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadaro. Good stuff there from Doug Peterson, from Howie Roseman. Now, time for the Merrill Minute. Intercepted by Allen. Eric Allen down the far sideline, stepped over a man. He's going to go. It's a strength and they stop him again. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Time now on the Eagles Live podcast to welcome in the great Merrill Reese, our Merrill Minute. We talk about Merrill much longer than a minute. We've got a long conversation here. we got to talk about this team, where it has been, where it is going. We're not playing, and we miss the heck out of it. Right? <laughs> yes. I agree with all, all of that. All of the above. I'd rather look ahead than look back. I guess my question is, what do you think the primary needs for this football team are to get back to and win the Super Bowl. Boy, you just got right into right it. Into it right, why, right into why it. Not, why would I not mess you around? Know, I do know this. After going through this this year and being thrilled to be into the playoffs, doing playoff football, watching this team go farther than anyone would have imagined a month ago, I realize how important it is, and Howie Roseman has said this from the beginning, to have that home field advantage. Agreed. Not to travel to Chicago and then the following week have to go to New Orleans and even if they win, have to go to Los Angeles, that takes a toll on a team. Not that it can't be done. I mean, the Eagles were within a wink of beating the Saints, but it makes it very more difficult and to have that extra game. Last year, they had the perfect storm. They had the right teams, and they had home games against Atlanta and Minnesota and off to the Super Bowl, where it felt like a home game. And that is so, so important. Get the bye. And yet, for this team, I think, considering the injuries, they overachieved and got a bit of a break just to get to the playoffs. Yeah, and I agree with you. This team was not as good as last year's team. Certainly, the Eagles dominated. Well, dominated. You know, when they were healthy, they dominated right, in 2017. You're right. you're right, they did. But here's the major difference. Last year, they had a lot of injuries. They lost their best offensive lineman, Jason Peters. They lost their best... Better linebacker Hicks, right? Jordan Hicks. They lost Darren Sproles. They lost Maragos. They lost their kicker. They ultimately lost a great quarterback. This year, they lost a whole department. With the exception of Malcolm Jenkins, they lost their secondary. And when you do that, teams are picking on your biggest vulnerability. And that was the major reason that they had so many problems defensively early in the season. And they lost their running backs, and they lost two wide receivers, and they lost multiple defensive linemen, but neither here nor there. Merrill, let's start with the quarterback position, and we'll get into what you think the sure. Eagles need here. How do you see it playing out with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz? And for that matter, Nate Sudfeld is a restricted free agent who's going to have to be tendered, I would imagine, at a very high level. When you talk about Nick Foles, 
you can't say enough good things about the way he rescued this team and won the Super Bowl MVP, the way he rescued this team again going into that Rams game and played wonderful football. And I know the Eagles will say that they would like to have him back. Sure, they'd like to have him back. But Nick Foles will be 30 years old next year, and he is at the point where he wants to be a starting quarterback. He is a starting quarterback. So I would say that the likelihood of Nick being back here under studying Carson Wentz is less than 1%. Which means he either leaves as an unrestricted free agent, Eagles would release him out Mm -hmm. of that contract that reportedly pays him $20 million, or they could rescind the contract, Nick could buy his way out of it, and then the Eagles could apply the franchise tag, which would be about $25 million, and then look to trade Nick. So those are your two options, as you see them, correct? Right. That's how I see them. I don't know which way it will happen. But we both assume that But but we both assume that Nick will be with somebody else. So what does that mean now for Carson? Carson needs to get back to the pre-injury Carson Wentz. And I think he will. I think he will. I think you will have a healthy Carson Wentz going into the 2019 season. The back does not seem to be an issue because it needed no surgery. It's something that at the time they said in three months, it will be completely healed. It's something that calcifies and it's a small stress fracture. And Doug was adamant when he was injured. I've heard people say, well, you can play with that. Doug said, you know what? If that injury, if that spot is to get hit, the bone becomes displaced and surgery is needed and his career can be affected. If you let him rest, he will be fully healed and not at risk at all in that area. Merrill, what would you identify as, let's say, three positions of need in no particular order? Well, some of them depend upon what happens in free agency. For example, if Jordan Hicks leaves, then you're dealing with an inside linebacker. That becomes a very important priority. But I think when I watched the Saints game the other day, I thought to myself, boy, would this team, would this Eagles team be something if they had a back like Alvin Kamara? What a player. And I know that running backs are not valued the way they once were. It's all a quarterback receiver driven league. But if you have a Kamara and you have an Ingram, boy, that's a force. You put those two guys on the Eagles right now and they're in the Super Bowl. Okay, that's one position. I will agree that that is, to me, that is probably 1B as far as important positions to add. Offensive line becomes an important position because, number one, Brandon Brooks will be coming off of an Achilles tear. And that can sometimes be a 12-month recovery. We don't know. I can't imagine that at 37 years old, Jason Peters is going to return. I know the Eagles say they would like everybody back. But 37 years old, and while we both appreciate what Jason Peters has been to this team, and we both agree that he's a Hall of Fame offensive lineman, he played fewer and fewer games throughout. He'd go in and he'd be out of a game. I mean, he's at the point where he's had a great career, but I don't believe that that great career can continue much longer. Okay, I will tell you that my position of need number one is defensive end. Now, that goes back to you saying, hey, maybe the free agency plays a part in it. I see Brandon Graham, a free agent to be. Chris Long, a free agent to be. Michael Bennett with age. All three of those players have age. And this defensive line group in the draft is said to be very, very accomplished and promising. And I know Derek Barnett's coming back, but I want pass rushers. The defense on Sunday against the Saints, and while Jim Schwartz did a magnificent job holding the Saints to 20 points, the Saints converted, I believe it was four of five third downs of 10 yards or more. And the other games in the playoffs, two of 23 
of third downs, 10 or more yards. I think the Eagles need to get back to dominating up front. But again, you mentioned that Derek Barnett, who played well as a rookie and was on his way to another good season, will be back. I think Brandon Graham probably moves on as a free agent. So that's important. I'll miss Brandon Graham. Oh, I'll miss him. In every way. In every way. He is one of my favorite people that has ever been in this building. I mean, he's upbeat. He's always positive. He's accommodating. He's fan-friendly. He's a great teammate. He is a terrific person, and I wish him everlasting success. But he will be probably someplace else, I would imagine. Another area of need I think we'd agree is secondary, although I don't know how it'll play out. Rodney McLeod coming back from injury. Well, I'd love to see him back. I'd love to see Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod for one more season, but I know that there are big numbers with their salaries. I know that that is a bit of a difficult proposition for Howie Roseman. And I have to tell you, the cornerback position, yes, I would love to see somebody come in a high-end player, but isn't that what Sidney Jones is well, supposed to be? Well, I was going to say, Sidney Jones has got to be that guy. This is his year. This was basically his rookie year because in the first year, they knew he was coming off of an Achilles and he wasn't going to do much except get the classroom part of it. And he played a little at the end of the season. This year, it was a lingering hamstring that you cannot have. He's got to spend the entire offseason conditioning and getting back to full health and then coming out to play instinctively and with the speed and the pure talent, which was the reason they drafted him in the second round. How about wide receiver, Merrill? How do you feel about the wide receiver position? I don't think it's a priority. I don't. I think they will probably lose Golden Tate. But in Alshon Jeffrey, you have a great player, a guy who just felt so badly about the drop pass at the end of the Saints game, but a guy who's a terrific player, a character guy, locker room guy, a guy who goes up and does things that I haven't seen in this building since Harold Carmichael was an eagle. You throw the ball up and Alshon high points it and goes way over the defensive back and just makes brilliant catches. It has strong hands. You have Nelson Aguilar, who is an outstanding receiver. I think he's got to be used more. Jordan Matthews was back this year, and when called upon, he did well. Scored the first touchdown of this game. A real consummate professional, and again, a good locker room guy. And you get another guy back this year who a lot of people have totally forgotten about, and that's Mac Hollins, who has been idled by a sports hernia and didn't play a snap, wasn't active the entire season, and he's back, and we remember he made a lot of contributions last year. I guess I'd like to see a game-breaking speed receiver. I think that Torrey Smith, what he gave to the offense, what was missing this year... It was supposed to be Mike Wallace. ...who was hurt, but that was a missing element that really, I think, Does Mike took Wallace away explosives. I don't know if I see that. I think there are Mike Wallace's out there. I honestly didn't think Mike Wallace, he wasn't productive in the preseason and he wasn't productive the opening game against Atlanta nor the Tampa Bay game before he got hurt. That would be a tough call. That would be a yeah. tough call. Last thing, how he said when he spoke to the media on Tuesday that there is not going to be, quote, a youth movement. But I still think the Eagles will get younger in critical areas, perhaps left tackle perhaps along the offensive line in general, perhaps along the defensive line. Well, see, when he said there's not going to be a youth movement, I think what he basically was saying was this is not a rebuilding year. This is not a team that's going to say, all right, let's let's bring in a lot of young players and so that we will challenge for the Super Bowl in 2021. No, he's not saying that. Every year there are 
15 to 20 percent new players on a roster. That's the kind of turnover there is. But I think in this case, there are going to be a lot of young players. I don't think you're going to bring in Band-Aids. And some of the Band-Aids that you brought in turned out to be so good, and I'm using Michael Bennett as an example. He was an impact player this year. And he can come back and make an impact as far as I can foresee next year. You may bring in another 30-year-old player, but I think basically they are depending greatly on this draft where you have a first and two seconds. They have got to make those three draft choices count. The draft not for many months, Merrill. We've got a long way to wait. It will be agonizing. Your pick, Merrill, for Super Bowl 53. Well, my pick is going to be (laughs) the Kansas City Chiefs. Wouldn't that be nice to see Big Red get it? I'd love to see it. I believe that the Saints will beat the Rams this week. Again, you're talking about the home team. And I believe that the Eagles would go out there and beat the Rams if that had been the case. Although, I don't know now with the health of the offensive line, could they have beaten the Rams without, say, Jason Peters and without Brandon Brandon Brooks? Brooks. I mean, those are two big pieces. Uh, How are you going to keep Aaron Donald out of the lap of Nick Foles? That would have been tough. All right, but forget that. But I think the Rams will go to the Saints and lose. And I think the Patriots will get their Come up and <laughs> see that words fail me after a loss like that. They will get their come up and or their up ending in Kansas City. I just cannot root for the New Orleans. I won't root for anyone except for the Chiefs, but I certainly cannot root for the New Orleans Saints. I can't root for I the Saints. I find them a bit loathsome, Merrill, I got to tell you. I do too. Yeah. The whole you presentation down there, the whole ski mask thing, the whole Meek Mill Listen, thing after the game, a, Sean I, Payton. I like Bill Belichick a lot more than I like Sean Payton. Now that is saying something, Merrill Reese. The voice of the Eagles, get ready for year number 43. It will be a doozy. Wait a minute. Number 43. Yeah. That's Darren Sproles. Is he back? Merle, let's trade opinions on that right now. Okay. I will say no. I will say I hope not. Yeah. And I hope not because last year, not this past year, but the year before, he said was going to be his final year. And then he broke his arm and he tore his ACL and he said he didn't want to go out like that. So he came back this year, missed most of the year because of a hamstring. When he played, he was Mr. Electricity. He played good football and he came out of the season healthy. At 35 years old, let Darren Sproles, who has accumulated wealth, who hasn't squandered his money, who has a wonderful family with a lovely wife and beautiful daughters, live happily ever after without injuring his body anymore. Enough is enough. And I mean that altruistically. There's a word. And I mean that for Darren Sproles. I mean that. And then go out and address the running back position, which is clearly one of need for the Philadelphia Eagles. Kid I love from Kentucky named Snell. Merrill Reese getting in on the draft. Capital early. I'll tell you, this kid is really, really good. Don't tell anybody. Well, I have a feeling that he's not exactly a secret. Well, I'm interested to see where the Eagles go at running back. They will certainly address that position. The running game, a struggle all year. Do they, at some point, pick up another quarterback? I think you have to. If Nick's gone, you need that third quarterback. Nate Sudfeld will be a restricted free agent. I'm sure the Eagles will have to tender him fairly high. Second round pick, maybe? And then you they, figure, they do think highly of him. And I think teams around the league think highly of him. And if you can poach a player like that off a roster and build with him, then you do so. But the Eagles, looking down the line, will need to develop a third quarterback for years 2020 and beyond if see, Nate moves on. See, one of the interesting factors is that this is not a heavy quarterback draft. Howie said he wouldn't. Right, the year wouldn't, after is a very good yeah, quarterback draft. Yeah, but he draft. would not address 
the strengths of the draft at this point. He said that's a few months down the road. But we can, and I watch a lot of college football. And the best quarterback, the one can't miss quarterback I've seen is Justin Herbert from Oregon, and he's not coming out. Right, and the kid he's not from coming Duke out. is very good. That's uh, Yeah, that's Daniel Jones. Yes. He's good, but I don't know that he's great. I mean, he's not Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, I think, is going to continue to be a very, very good quarterback. I don't know about Josh Allen yet. I still think that Josh Rosen is going to be a good quarterback in Arizona. But you don't have a draft class filled with quarterbacks like you did last year. You've got a couple. People are still wondering about uh, the Oklahoma quarterback, Kyler Murray. He's only 5'9", but he's somebody who is going to the combine and could be a first-round pick. Merrill, if a 5'9 quarterback who's slight makes it in this league, I will be astounded. Well, there are a lot of people who believe now that he's going to be a first-round draft pick. That would be amazing. Merrill Reese, we'll talk more about the draft as How we get closer to it. Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson may be 5'11-ish, 5'10", 5'11", but he's stockier. I don't think Murray is as stocky as Russell Wilson, but you're right. Russell Wilson has defied all the odds, and he's been a great quarterback. I think he's one of the top three, four, five quarterbacks in this league. Oh, I do, too. Yeah, I, I love watching too. him, and I think he has saved Seattle's terrible offensive line for years and years. Listen, I still think Drew Brees, who is 40 years old is still a great quarterback yeah no doubt i just want one guy to be a great quarterback next year and that's the eagles number 11 and that's carson wentz merrill reese thank you so much for joining once again the eagles live podcast thank you and come up and to you <laughs> well that'll do it for this week's eagles live podcast make sure you're with us next week we will be back week to week here throughout the eagles offseason thank you to brian thomas for putting this all together and thanks to you eagles everywhere for tuning in each and every week. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro saying thank you for joining me on the Eagles Live podcast. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!